On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mr. Cody Felger. Joining me alongside Derek Larger. Derek, training camp's coming up, man. It's very, very soon on the horizon. Super cool stuff happening. I know like we potentially have some opportunities to be in that. And so um, I wanted to look here. We haven't done this yet this year. I want us to break down our final 53-man roster for the Colts this year um, and kind of give our thoughts on you know each position because we have had some debate back and forth in previous episodes about, okay, do they keep this amount of players at this position and this amount of players at that position? Well, here it is. This is our prediction for who we think is going to make the Colts' final 53-man roster. So I guess you can start first here, Derek, with the quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks are you keeping, and who are those guys you're keeping for the Colts on their 53-man roster? Yeah, um, you ha- I, for me, you have to keep three here, um, and that would be Phillip Rivers. You have to keep Jacoby Brissett as your backup, and obviously Jacob Eason, your fourth-round quarterback that you selected this year to gain some of those reps. And obviously this would mean – the result of Chad Kelly being cut from the 53-man roster. But I feel that this uh, would be ideal for the Colts to have these three quarterbacks to start out the year. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm going to keep all three of these guys. Now, I know it might hurt the immediate impact for Jacob Beeson, like his development, because ideally he's not going to see the field at all in 2020. Um, But I think, you know, he invested a decent amount of draft capital in him. You got to keep him around. You got to see how he continues to develop. You got to let him learn and soak it in behind these two veteran quarterbacks. So I'm all in there for for Jacob Eason staying at the number three. Obviously, the number one and two are pretty solidified at this point, and you're paying those guys significant amount of money to be on your roster. So I agree there. Um, and then you would you would obviously cut Chad Kelly in that instance. Yeah. I don't think that's too much of a shock. <laughs> There's well, a few maybe. The, uh, yeah, except for the Chad yeah. Kelly boomers. That's pretty much it. <laughs> which will be in our comments. Uh, but, yeah, we have him getting cut. Sorry, guys. But I think it just makes too much sense. Chad Kelly, you you signed him. You didn't invest anything into him. Uh, Jacob Eason's a fourth-round pick. So it makes a lot of sense from that front. Yep. All right. Now moving on to a little more of a hot topic one, a little more controversial potentially, the running back position. Now, some people have argued three. Some people have argued four. Last year, the Colts kept four. And so, for me, I'm going to keep four as well. That obviously being Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. And then I'm also keeping Jordan Wilkins. I mean, we've, you know, vocally been on this podcast saying how much we love Jordan Wilkins' game and what he brings to the Colts. When he's on the field, that's just been the trouble. He hasn't been on the field a ton. Uh, But Jordan Wilkins offers a, a solid number four running back. We saw last year when injuries happen, when they normally do in the NFL, especially at that running back position, uh, that number four, the number four running back, it really goes from being non-essential to being critical. I mean, we thought Jonathan Williams last year was a number four running back, and look what happened. I mean, he he was needed a couple games. He ran for a hundred yards. Really gave a Col- the Colts a boost when they needed it in the running game, and so that's why I'm keeping four running backs there. And also from the other standpoint of 
you know, Marlon Max in his last year of his deal, what if he decides to go elsewhere? Then you could keep Jordan Wilkins. You could sign, you, you know, he has another year after Marlon Mack is gone. So you could keep him on the roster. He'd be your number two behind uh, Jonathan Taylor moving forward. And he'd be a lot cheaper probably um, if you're thinking about that. So what are your thoughts, Derek, here on the running back position? Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. Uh, I think that they need to keep four. Uh, the Colts have notoriously kept four running backs on the roster because, like you said, Marlon Mack has had some injury uh, history before. Uh, that could still be an issue this year. Uh, and who knows if Jonathan Taylor is going to stay healthy. I mean, obviously we think that he can, but, I mean, there's obviously the implication of that. And Naheem Hines, you know, even though Naheem Hines is the running back, we use him in a bunch of different ways outside of just the run game. He's more of that pass catcher. And that ultimately would put Jordan Wilkins as the solidified number three running back if you're using him for that exact purpose of running. So, yeah, I I definitely think with Jordan Wilkins' game and what he provides for us off of the bench, we we definitely need to keep him on the roster um, for multiple reasons, like you said. So I'm down to keep four running backs this year. Okay. Then that'll mean there'll be some other cuts at other positions, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and I don't think there's any notable cuts there from the running back position. I mean, you don't have to cut anybody. Jonathan Williams, you just didn't resign. Yeah. He's going to obviously probably play somewhere else this next year. Um, we have kind of a interesting position because the Colts don't normally have this position on, on their team. Uh, the fullback Roosevelt yeah. Nix. He was brought in the off season. He's been a pro bowl run blocker. Um, and obviously the Colts have decided they want to be a top five rushing team in the NFL and Roosevelt Knicks is one of those pieces that helps solidify their commitment to the run. Uh, are you keeping Roosevelt Knicks, though? I mean, there's a lot of cuts that are going to be made. Are you going to keep a guy like Roosevelt Knicks on your roster? I would think Ballard wants to keep him on this roster because, you know, it's you brought him in here for that exact reason, right? And, you know, at any time, uh, you know, at any time you can decide to leave him in the dust if you want to because, you know, I mean, you didn't – you didn't give him much in any kind of way when you signed him and you basically gave him a million dollars for a year. But um, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what they wanted to do. They wanted to bring Roosevelt Knicks in here to help them establish an even more dominant running attack. So that's what Frank Reich wants to do. It's what Ballard wants to do. So I think they're going to keep him. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. I think they're going to keep him. I kind of envision him, you know, you only really have three, which we'll get to in a minute, three tight ends that, you know, are, have been on the roster before. So maybe he could kind of serve that Ryan Hewitt role a couple of years ago, more of a run blocking tight end slash fullback. Uh, maybe he could, kind of, you know, they can kind of use him wherever they need him to, but you know, he probably won't be catching passes out of the backfield. He'll be more of a strictly run blocker. He could. He could. He could. There, there is some he options. Ryan Hewitt Roosevelt Knicks. Roosevelt Knicks has caught a touchdown or two here and there in his career, so he yeah. has been. He has had that option. So, and with Philip Rivers never. as your Philip Rivers as your quarterback, and what the Colts want to do with their offensive system, anything can happen. You know, you could surprise a couple defenses with yeah. that. You honestly could. Yeah. I think a lot of defenses would get really confused by Roosevelt Knicks catching a pa- a pass. I think that would probably confuse a lot of people. <laughs> Almost as confusing as Anthony Costanzo catching a touchdown pass against the Patriots a few years ago. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, yep. Um, okay. Well, we'll keep, we're keeping Roosevelt Knicks. We'll move on to the wide receivers. So this is where the number crunch starts here. 
So you could either get the choice of keeping five or six wide receivers. I guess I'll go first. I'm going to probably keep five just because you kept four running backs and you're also keeping Roosevelt Knicks. You got to make some cuts here, unfortunately. Um, the reason why I'm keeping four running backs and only five uh, wide receivers is simply just because, you know, you think about this off season, right? Um, you really think about, you know, the lack of preseason action for some of these younger guys, probably some of those guys will be vying for the number five, number six position. They're going to be impacted. I feel like a lot more negative negatively um, in their development, as opposed to a guy like Jordan Wilkins, who's been in the system a few years. I think that's the argument for why I would, you know, lean towards more running backs than more wide receivers. Cause you know what you got in your four running backs, as opposed to some of those younger wide receivers, you just don't know at this point. So obviously that would be T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach Paschal. And then for the number five, this one's going to be interesting. And I think I'm going to go with Marcus Johnson. And that's hard for me because, you know, we just had Reese Fountain on. We love Reese Fountain. We're really rooting for him. We hope he can maybe take that number five position. But I just go back to what I just talked about, right? I mean, it's going to be a hard, you know, to get acclimated, obviously, coming off that injury. Marcus Johnson's been in the system a few years. He knows Frank Reich's system, even going back to his Philadelphia days. So for me, I'm going to keep Marcus Johnson as my five. Derek, do you, what do you think about uh, this wide receiver position? Are you keeping five or six? And if so, who are they going to be? Man, it's really tough because, you know, it, one of those things that when it comes to, I don't like to take away depth at the defensive position. You know, I always feel that, the offensive position is a little more flexible on how you can uh, talk about taking players away if you're going to do it on offense versus defense. And like you said, I would much rather take a spot away from the receivers because the receivers in the end, you can find a lot more guys that come into the wide receiver role unnoticed but can still come in and contribute with a quarterback like Phillip Rivers and the system that they want. I don't think you could get a running back off the street just like that and they'll be as dominant of on behind this offensive line or what the scheme is versus what the four that they have now that they know are bona fide, really good running backs. And like you said, there's so much uncertainty with the wide receiver position. Who is actually going to step up? Because we don't know. So many of these guys are still so young. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go five uh, wide receivers as well, but I'm going to change my number five. I am going uh, Darius Fountain with that number five. Okay. Something tells me this kid is going to just – he. this guy's going to prove people wrong. Remember when we were talking uh, and he said, you know, he talked to Deion Kane and other guys and they were saying, you guys can compete for that number two, number three spot if you guys keep doing what you're doing. I think Darius is there. I think his his mindset's there. His work ethic is there. I feel he just needs to stay healthy, and he keeps that going. If he is, I think the Colts take that shot at that number five on him. And, I mean, if it doesn't work out or if something changes, you can always bring somebody else in. But I just think Darius Fountain is who I'm going to go with for right now. Okay. See, my, my thing is just, you know, I love Darius Fountain and like his story and what he was doing last year, but you got to come back and think about, he's never really played a meaningful snap. He's admitted that he's never really played a meaningful snap in the NFL. So for me, I think it makes more sense to, to have a guy who kind of knows the system already. So that's why I went with more of a safer pick. And also Marcus Johnson's not a bad player. Like he yeah. was, 
He had a and, few games last year over 100 yards. So and like, that's ultimately why I think you could make the argument they are going to go with six because you ultimately think you can add a guy like Marcus Johnson who's been in the system, knows how it works, and then you have that six spot for Darius Fountain to come in, continue to learn, you get him a few snaps, and then you decide – okay, we're going to bring you up into the depth chart because we like what you've been providing and the limited snaps we've seen from you. I want to see you come in and do more of that. So, I mean, that could also be the argument for the Colts deciding to keep six. I mean, you know, it's a very interesting question. Honestly, that's the one of the more controversial parts here is whether or not they keep five or six. Honestly, even if – even if you keep five, I feel like you could sneak a Darius Fountain onto the practice squad, still have him. So if injuries happen like they did last year, boom, he gets a shot. He's elevated to you know the final 53. You can't do that with Marcus Johnson. You can't really do that with Jordan Wilkins. They're probably going to get claimed by somebody. I don't even think he's – I don't even think Marcus Johnson really can be, you know, put on the practice squad at this point. But I think both those guys are too talented and too, you know, well-known, I guess – uh, to to be able to just kind of be on the the practice squad, they're going to get claimed. So I would prefer to keep you know those five. You know, obviously keep Reese around. You don't just outright cut him. You keep him on the practice squad. You let him continue to heal, develop, all those things. Um, and then if an injury happens, you let him elevate to that final fifty three man roster um, for one of those guys. And then you make cuts elsewhere. That's kind of where my argument is. Um, but I definitely see your side of it because I think as a whole, you could probably argue that Reese Fountain maybe has a little more upside I guess you kind of know what Marcus Johnson is where Reese Fountain you you maybe have a little bit more questions like he could body wide receiver man right big body wide receiver the kind of guy that goes up and catches passes that's just that's a Philip Rivers kind of receiver for you I mean absolutely really is which which is why I don't want to rule him out because I think he has a good shot all right we'll move on to the tight ends then I think this one's pretty clear cut as well for me um, I don't really see them keeping any more than three tight ends on this roster, yeah. especially if you're already keeping Roosevelt Knicks, who's more of a run blocker, could potentially you know be a tight end slash fullback type of guy, line up in different spots. So obviously yeah. Jack Doyle, Trey Burton, Mo Ali Cox are my three. I think this one's pretty set, honestly. I yeah. mean, all these guys have been in the system of Frank Reich's offense before. They know what they're getting with this offense. Uh, you know, the biggest question mark, I guess, is can Trey Burton stay healthy? Because if he can – I think this is one of the most underrated position groups on this team. Um, I, I assume Derek are probably on the same page here because this one's not really that controversial. I, yeah. I wouldn't keep a guy like Farad Green, you know, undrafted free agent, or any of those other guys in favor of these three. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's, no, that's you can let those it. guys develop. So, mm-hmm. okay, awesome. We'll move on to the offensive line. Uh, Chris Ballard normally likes to keep nine or ten offensive linemen. Um, I'm going to probably project probably nine. That's where I and I've yeah. kind of always been. Um, kind of right in the middle. Um, obviously, you got Costanzo. You, I'll just name your five: Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, and Smith. Um, you obviously drafted Danny Pinter this last year. Um, you know, you have even Jake Eldrenkamp, who's kind of been getting some hype. Uh, he yeah. got some hype earlier this off season. Uh, I, I want to see what Javon Patterson brings. Laraven Clark obviously is going to be your backup left tackle. So that's there's nine your, right there for me. Nine. Also, um, just something any- that's uh, something that's interesting. Uh, I know yeah. that this is not Colts related, but Larry Warford did actually uh, opt out this year. Okay, so he's not an option anymore. Yeah, he's not an option for anyone anymore. He was getting multiple offers, but he decided to opt out. So, yeah, well, yeah. So far, no Colts have opted it out. We'll see if that changes, but. Uh, 
I don't know. Um, right now, yeah. it's been quiet. It wouldn't, yeah. So far, it's been fine. I mean, we got so many young guys. I think that's kind of something that you're getting to understand is a lot of these guys who are uh, opting out as of this recently, these 25 people who have so far. Uh, a lot of them have had a lot of time in the league. You know, Patrick Chung, the uh, High Tower. You know, a few guys like that that are you know, are veterans in this league. They've been in for a while. They know what's up to yep. it. The Colts are so young to this point that the Colts, a, a lot of these younger guys don't honestly care. They want to go out and play football because they're in the middle of, you know, showing themselves who they are. They don't really have a lot of the freedom or the ability necessarily to uh, just say, I'm going to leave for a season. You know, a couple of these right. guys are still trying to, show who they are in this league and i mean they're seeing this even though there's some risk to it i mean there's they they have everything to lose in that right and even some of the veterans they brought in like they didn't sign them to long-term contracts they're on one-year deals so like they have something to prove as well you know mm-hmm. xavier rhodes tj Carey, whatever all those guys they have something uh to show are there any other guys that you would potentially um throw into this mix for the offensive line group i mean would you keep nine or would you go up or would you go below or where your, where's your head? You, here, you can't go anything below nine, to be honest. I know that the Colts have had uh, extraordinary, uh, extraordinary luck when it comes to uh, the injuries. You know, we've had last year, we had what Nelson missed half a game at most. Uh, mm. Ryan Kelly missed a quarter or two in one of the games. Uh, outside of that, you know, Costanzo never got hurt. Glowinski and Braden Smith never got hurt. And I mean, we got lucky last year. I don't expect that to happen again, but you know, with the sake of being careful, you have to keep at least nine on here. Um, it would not surprise sure. me if Ballard does decide to want to put another offensive lineman in there though. Would not surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah. guy, okay, we're not talking about, but Chris Ballard is just like, they like what they see in training camp from him. And he surprises. He's, he's on the final 53. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. All right. Now we've just, we've covered the offense. Now let's move to the defense. Um, we'll start with the defensive ends. Um, so for me, I got four guys. Obviously you got Justin Houston. You got your two second round picks, Kamoko Turi, Ben Banigou. So there's three. Um, and then I'm going to throw Al-Kadi Muhammad, a guy who's vastly underrated by the Colts. Okay. I mean, Al-Kadi Muhammad, man, he, he, he's a guy that nobody talks about. I really like Al-Kadim Muhammad ever yeah. since he was picked up by the Colts. He's been solid. He's not been anything spectacular. He's been a rotational piece, but I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I honestly think he could have – he could be kind of the, one of the dark horse guys to, to play that other defensive end position alongside of Justin Houston. I really think yeah. he has the opportunity to do that. Um, he could – you know, he's – I feel like he's very similar in, in certain ways to Jabal Sheard. Um, and obviously, Sheard being gone now opens up that position for him and maybe probably Ben Banigou to kind of battle that out and see who takes the other defensive end position. Muhammad's been in the system a little bit longer, so he could obviously get, you know, maybe a little bit more of an advantage of, over Banigou. But it'll be an interesting battle to watch for that other defensive end position. Yep. Um, are there anybody else you would add here to, you know, the strictly defensive end guys? I was going to say, you said Houston, Teray, Banigou, and Muhammad. Um, yeah. You know, I think you, I think you got it right here. Um, I think those four okay. are the guys that I'm going with. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, 
I don't think Kendall Coleman necessarily makes it right away, especially with the issue that uh, we're having with roster cuts. Uh, that's something that's going to be difficult for him for this next year or two, but that could be something uh, later on down the road. But those four guys right there, uh, I, I would agree with you 100% on those four defensive ends. Yeah. And it means you're cutting, obviously, Coleman and then Gary Green, who was a six-round pick last year yeah. for you. I think it was last year. Anyway, yeah, he, was, was. he was a later-round pick for you. Uh, all right, defensive tackle. This is where it gets very interesting. Lots of potential here. You got some more established guys, and then you got some guys who are early-round picks who have shown flashes, but they haven't put it all together. You've got a guy that you signed a couple of years ago. He showed some flashes, but last year he kind of had a down year. Um, obviously, DeForest Buckner, Grover, Stewart, 1-2. There you go. Uh, you got to think Sheldon Day brought in. He's going to be number three. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, do you keep four? Do you keep five? Because if you keep five, then you could just keep Danico Autry and keep Tyquan Lewis, who could also play some defensive end for you. Um, I'm more inclined to keep five, honestly. I think all these yeah. guys have potential. Um, they they offer, you, offer you, those two guys offer you some position flexibility. So if you ever get in a pinch, one of those guys can play more defensive end for you. Um, so that would mean you're keeping all five of these guys. Um, are, are there anybody else? And that would also mean you're, you're cutting your sixth round pick, Robert Windsor, in the process. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on this, Derek? Um, any any other moves you would make? Would you cut any of these guys? Would you keep them all? Where, where do you think here? I am actually going to potentially go with a surprise cut here. Um, I'm I'm with you. I'm trying to keep five with this group because, like you said. They had the option of uh, bringing Danico Autry to the outside because, you know, he's more of that pass-rushing specialist, if you say. Um, and he gives you that option. So, you're right. Buckner, Stewart, day one and day two, no question about it. Uh, Sheldon Day, Danico Autry. But here's where his prize cut is for me. Tyquan Lewis does not make this, and Robert Windsor comes in and wins that spot. That's, you think so? Yeah. I think I, I like Robert Windsor. I like his attitude. Um, I think he brings that fire and that competitive nature that just appeals to coaches. Um, he may not be the most uh, mechanically sound, the most fundamentally sound guy out there. Uh, Tyquan Lewis probably has him beat in that category, but Windsor's never really had any major injury concerns. You can probably rely on him to stay on the field a little longer. And nobody questions Robert Windsor's effort. That kid plays harder than a lot of defensive tackles I see. He's undersized for some people, but his effort makes up for that. So I think Windsor makes this roster. I really do. I have faith in him, to be honest. Okay. That would be really sad, really unfortunate if Tyquan Lewis is gone, man. It's just been so hard to see him not contribute to this Colts team. Second round talent. He was taken in the second round. He just has not done anything. I'm just going to be interested to see his back is against the wall. Like this is yeah. his final, final shot. Yeah, it really is. This Does he is put it year. together? Yeah. That's so, if he, he you know, that's if he even makes it out of training camp, to be honest. Right. Exactly. And Chris Ballard even said he ta- had long talks with Quincy Wilson. He's gone. He got shipped out to New York. And also Taekwon Lewis, he talked about. So this really is the last shot for Taekwon Lewis. Taekwon, please put it together. You have the talent. We know you do. Yeah. We've seen it. It's time for him to put it together. It's time for hopefully that what Chris Ballard said lit a fire under him. 
and he's challenging. He's pushing for playing time. I really hope that's what happens here with Tyquan Lewis. He hasn't shown it yet, but this is his yeah. final shot. If he wants to stay with the Colts, if he wants to earn a second contract, Tyquan Lewis, the time is now. You've got to tear it up in training camp or else you're going to be gone. That's just the nature of the game. And I don't want to see that happen. Derek doesn't want to see that happen. As a former Ohio State guy, yeah. Derek does not want to see you gone. So don't, don't do to. it. Yeah. All right. Linebackers. All right. I'll just talk about the three we know are going to make the roster. Probably, probably I could throw four that are probably going to make the roster. Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, Bobby Okariki, EJ Speed. There's yeah. your four. Now, five and six are going to be interesting to me. I'm going to keep six, I think. Um, and these guys I'm going to keep, five and six, I'm going to keep more for special teams. Um, I, I think out of the two linebackers, I don't know. It's tough for me because I'm like debating Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams. I think that's what I'm going to kind of debating. Yeah. I think Matthew Adams is probably the better player, but I think Zaire Franklin offers you a little bit more on special teams. And so for that reason, I'm going to keep Zaire Franklin over Matthew Adams. And then I'm also going to give the number six nod to Jordan Glasgow, a uh, later round pick this year, six round pick. I think he was a final pick in this year's draft. Um, fantastic special teams player at Michigan. Fantastic. He's not going to be see the field as a linebacker slash safety, whatever he actually is. He's going to play more special teams. Chris Ballard was so ra- – he raved on him, man, like how good he was in college. And we know, we've seen it. You, you can win and lose games through – how good or bad your special teams are. Yep. And if they're getting better special teams guys like that, I think that ultimately keeps Jordan Glasgow on this roster. He's the last linebacker, but he has a chance to contribute right away. You know, he's one of those later round picks like Isaiah Rogers that has a chance to contribute right away on the special teams. And that could be the reason why they make the final 53 man roster, even if they're not contributing on offense or defense. So uh, yeah, I guess I'm cutting Matthew Adams there. What are your thoughts, Derek? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to agree with you 100% here. Uh, I don't think that – just that's the thing about Adams. I don't, I don't see a lot of uh, future relevance for him in this spot. I mean, like you said, Zaire Franklin and Glasgow, their, their efforts and their ability to play special teams, that's what separates them. Puts them on the roster to where they can fill that spot if they need to, but ultimately their ability to play special teams and fill that role – and, I mean, with Glasgow, I mean, that's why they drafted him. They drafted him for his special teams ability, and they drafted him because his effort is there. There's, I mean, he just – he always makes plays. Just somehow, some way, he makes plays. So, I, I think that Glasgow has a good opportunity to make this roster with the way that the Colts really like their special teams, guys. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move to the corner position. Derek, I'm going I'm to let you go here for the corner position first. Um, first off, how many guys are you going to keep at the corner position? And then if you keep less guys, who are you going to cut? I'm probably going to go with six. Uh, that's okay. normally the amount that they would try to go with. Um, you yeah. obviously got Rockus in. Uh, you got Xavier Rhodes, right? And then obviously Marvell Tell in there. Uh, Kenny Moore, yeah, I can't forget him. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm trying to think for beyond that. Uh, and then obviously TJ Carey, I would think would be uh, that other role piece, right? That's who he is. And yeah. then I think you'd have to keep Isaiah Rogers because I know that again, he's undersized in a lot of ways, but again, what he provides for special teams 
and his speed. It, the speed is just remarkable. I mean, it, it it keeps you in a matchup with any wide receiver. It doesn't matter who it is. Outside of maybe Tyreek Hill, there's no other wide receiver that has the ability to outrun Isaiah Rogers with his speed. So, I mean, ultimately, that's what keeps him in this. He has the special teams ability. And again, if he just continues to work and the Colts really are stretched thin, and Isaiah Rodgers is a ball hawk. I mean, don't forget this guy. This guy had, I don't know how many pick sixes he had. I think he had like three or four in college. But, I mean, this guy This guy definitely has a knack for making interceptions. So, I, I like Isaiah Rodgers. I think that he's uh, a creative guy. I think he's fast. And I think he's got the uh, potential to do that. Um, I've seen a lot of videos where he was doing them one-on-ones over this offseason with people. And I mean, he was keeping up with everybody, even if he lost like a little bit of space, if the quarterback didn't time the route perfectly, Isaiah Rogers is breaking on that route and is making the play. So I I think that's the six that I'm probably going to keep for the cornerback position. Yeah. So with this cut, with those six added, now you only have seven spots left. So you got to think the three guys for special teams, whoever your kicker is. And we'll talk about that in a second. And then you got to, so that, that means you got to keep four safeties if we're going to round it out like this. Yeah. So, out of those four safeties, I'm keeping Hooker. I'm keeping Willis. Those are your two starters, I think. George Odom, who we've talked about. Um, and then, I mean, right away, you, Julian Blackman won't be on the active roster because he's going to be injured, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think I'll keep Roland Milligan at least at first until Julian Blackman comes back. Roland Milligan, you know, is more of a special teams guy, he can fill in when needed. But obviously, yeah. I think Julian Blackman, when he comes back, he'll fill that number three slash number four safety position, um, you know, wh- wherever he lines up, wherever George Odom lines up there at the back. Yeah. Uh, so those will be my guys there. Um, obviously, Blackman, he's one of those guys that got placed on the PUP list. So he's not going to be back till maybe late October. So he's really going to miss a, a significant chunk of the season um, early on. But when he comes back, he could, he, he's definitely going to make the active, active 53-man roster probably just cut Roland Milligan. He'll fit right in there. Yep. So awesome. All right. So that means that leaves the last three guys on special teams. All right, <laughs> here we go. The biggest question on special teams, who's going to be your kicker and why? <laughs> um, you know, I feel I'm going to get a lot of crap from uh, the comment section for who I'm about to pick here. But I know you're gonna pick. It's gotta be Chase. It's gotta be Chase. I mean, I, I can't imagine Chase McLaughlin not being the starter right off the bat because again, I know uh obviously Hot Rod obviously has the name, he has the look, he has the ability. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm just saying right off the bat, because you know Chase did very well when he came in, was very very consistent, did what needed, he never missed a, a extra point, you know, stuff like that. And I know that, you know, it shouldn't matter that much for a young kicker coming straight in, but I mean, Aguayu for Florida state was the greatest kicker we had ever seen since, uh, since it was, um, it was, yeah, Mike Nugent, Mike Nugent from Ohio state in 2004 was the best kicker on the planet came in and he was obviously like, 
you know, he was supposed to be the next amazing kicker. He never really was. He got tossed around for a lot of times. Aguayu comes in, next greatest kicker ever. A second rounder spent on this guy. And then oh, a few years I, into the league, gone. He can't even keep a position now because he couldn't even kick. I mean, it's <laughs> and it's something just about guys who are proclaimed to be these amazing, amazing kickers. They just never seem to stay around long enough. And I'm not going to say that's uh, that's him. I'm not going to say that. But I'm just saying right off the bat, get used to getting the reps amongst NFL players. Get used to it. Just be a part of the squad. Get used to kicking in that scenario because it is different than from college. And then when he starts getting comfortable, then I'll say, you know, if Chase starts struggling a little bit, then you have that option. But right now, I just know Chase was there last season, did what needed to be done. He was consistent. He deserves to keep that spot right now. Yeah. And, you know, we we talk all the time about the transition from college to the NFL. We talk about it with everybody except for the special teams guys. And I don't know why we don't really talk about it. But, you know, it's one thing that obviously Blankenship can kind of hold, you know, and people have argued this. He didn't miss an extra point. In, t- in college at all, which obviously is incredible, but it's different in the NFL. It's further back. Like, it's, like there's just little things like that, and you know you're not kicking against, you know, freshmen, you know, whatever. Uh, from I don't even know I, I don't even know what teams they played last year, but you know what I mean. You're not playing against these these tiny little guys. You're playing against grown men <laughs> out there that the are used to blocking these kicks of all things. Yeah, they're used to it. Yeah, now. so. You know, it's one thing when you saw, I mean, even in Adam Vinatieri's case last year, the Colts, they, they had the chance to get a new kicker for a while, and Adam Vinatieri was knocking him down in practice, but when it came time to game time, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, for me, I saw Chase McLaughlin in game time making 50-plus yard field goals, converting his extra points. He's played for a few teams. He, he's kind of seen the league a little bit. He's only been in the league for one year, but I feel like he's, he's a veteran. I mean, I feel like he, he kind of gives you that vibe. Um, so obviously it's hard to go against Hot Rod, but I think I'm going to stay with you, Derek. I really do. I think that Chase McLaughlin right now, especially with the lack of preseason, he has the upper hand here. And I think unless Chase is catastrophically awful, unless you know Blankenship, which could happen, is just completely so much better than him. I mean, we saw that a couple years ago when the Colts. Uh, I can't remember who they who they signed. It was a punter from the Vikings. His name's escaping me right now. This is right after Pat McAfee retired. The Colts brought him in. Oh, Jeff Locke was his name. Jeff Locke. They brought in Jeff Locke. They brought in, uh, you know, Sanchez. And Sanchez beat him out. And the Colts moved forward with him. And obviously, Sanchez is now one of the best punters in the league. So, if that happens, I'm good with it. I really am. But And I yeah, know people always do the uh, – I know the people always do the, oh, well, look at the the kicks he was making in uh, on the field. You know, I mean, when he was practicing, you know, he was nailing 60 yarders. I mean, yeah, but you're not realistically going to hit 60 yarders in the NFL. Only a few kickers in the history of the NFL have ever been able to actually nail that kind of length. And especially for, I I know that it's, for some of you, it may be, oh, well, you know, the kicking motion's the same and everything. No, it's not. It's ramped up faster and you get, you get nervous when you have a, Six foot, 190 pound guy coming off the edge, knowing he's 
this close. He's this close to kicking that ball and keeping it from going straight. That that messes with your psyche a little bit. And for anyone that doesn't understand that, just talk to Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee knows this. He understands that it's a little bit more difficult and it's this close. It, everything has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, it doesn't go where you want it. So again, yeah. nobody's denying uh, Blankenship's ability to kick. Nobody's denying it. He's got oh. the leg. He hits 60 yarders. I get it. I understand it, but it's different in the NFL. It's something that it, you have to get used to. And there's a lot more pressure on the line for the NFL than I think there is in college. I know that they're, they say, oh, you're in bigger crowds and everything. But, I mean, you're, ultimately your job's on the line here much more in the NFL than what it is in college. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things that, you know, people may think they're up for the challenge, but they ultimately aren't sometimes. And not right. saying that's blankenship, but – Again, you go with the guy who did it last year, the guy that obviously deserves the spot right now, and until he proves he's not better or proves he's not worthy of the position, don't change it. Right. Why fix something that's not broken? That's kind of my, exactly. my mantra here. Like, I mean, it's really Chase McLaughlin's position to lose at this point. I mean, yeah. if he keeps doing what he's doing, I, I would keep him. You know what you got in him. I mean, he's, he has a decent leg. He's accurate. You know, he's clutch. Like, he's shown those things with the Colts. Yep. So, why wouldn't you keep him? I, I don't know. I, I just think that's kind of mad as far as Chase McLaughlin versus Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, you can disagree, and that's fine. But, yeah. you know, I think we make a solid point there. You can make some solid points as well if you disagree. Uh, we'd love to debate that with you guys. All right, let's move on. Obviously, we got our punter. Uh, we got our, you know, Long snapper. We got those two guys. We got Rigoberto and Luke. Um, let's let's kind of do a little bit different here. Let's also include our primary kick returner and our primary punt returner. Um, so let's start with our kick returner. You are you obviously talked about it. I'm going to go with Isaiah Rogers, um, and you also threw in Paris Campbell's name a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you think those are those two guys will primarily be the guys that are handling those kicks? Yeah, um, that would probably most likely be the option because. They're again the guys that are their acceleration is just incredible. Um, they're not as shifty as Naheem Hines, but they're just their top speed is just something that is that Naheem Hines just can't do. As fast as Naheem Hines is, Paris Campbell and Isaiah Rogers just blow him out, which is amazing. So that's what you want. You want the long-legged guys, and Rodgers isn't even long-legged, but just the guys that have strides and they just go. I mean, they just go. They don't Mm -hmm. stop and react. They just go. Right, and Isaiah Rodgers primarily returned kicks in college. He wasn't really a punt return guy, more of a kick returner. Uh, We'll move to the punt returner. You already mentioned his name, Naheem Hines. Fantastic last year. He took two to the house, almost took three in the same game. Uh, and was and only was tackled the by the punter. Right. And he was <laughs> at the top of the entire NFL in punt returns for touchdowns. So this guy is an electric. He's lightning in a bottle. He's a guy that we thought when he gets a ball in his hands, he has a chance to take it to the house every single time. And we felt like he's been underused on the offensive side. But I always was wondering, why are you having guys like Chester Rogers, who they may be solid, but you've got Naeem Hines. He's a game breaker. Why would you not put him in there? Now, I know he struggled early on in his rookie year to hold on to the football. Obviously, that, that whole thing happened, and yeah. people were actually crazy enough. People were calling for Naheem Hines to be cut after those few mishaps in the preseason. 
obviously, I was it, never you know, he, one of those. I mean, I, no. I was like, yeah, he should be taken off of the punt return list right now because, right. again, your first priority is to hold on to the dang ball. I mean, that's yeah. the first priority of a punt returner is to catch the ball first. And if you can't do that consistently, then obviously you don't deserve it. But just for people who are wanting some perspective on how amazing Naheem Hines can actually be, Naheem Hines was rated the third best punt returner in all of the NFL last season. Third. The only difference between him and the other two that were ahead of him, Naheem Hines had only one-fourth of the punt returns that those two other guys actually had. And Naheem Hines actually had more touchdowns than both of them. So remind you, Naheem Hines in one-fourth of the time, one-fourth of the chances has done more than those other guys in touchdowns. So Naheem Hines, if he gets a full season of having that position and knowing what to do, this kid could get half a dozen touchdowns. It is realistic because in one game he had two. In one game he had two, almost three. I could easily imagine this kid having six in a season if he continues to do what he's doing. Yeah. Just put on his hands and let him go to work. I'm down with that. Yep. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our look at the Colts 53-man roster. Um, I'd love for you guys to kind of think, where would I make changes? Because you might. You might make some different changes from us. That's okay. Let us know in the comments. We know what, what positions would you change for what we've brought. Um, obviously, give us your thoughts on the kicking. You know, who's gonna, who you think is going to be kicking for the Colts in week one. We'd love to hear that. Uh, if you're still watching this video and you haven't yet, be sure to give us a like. Be sure to subscribe to us if you haven't. Be sure to check out all the other content that we have. We've interviewed some Colts players recently, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Derek, our sponsors as well, fan to fan Network, be sure to check them out. Um, also, be sure to check out Roster Guy um, for all your unique sports needs and perspectives. Be sure to check out rosterguy.com. Uh, for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much for all your support. We really appreciate it. Training camp's coming soon. We're super excited for that. And as always, go Colts.